You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is the ever-so-vain Desi, as she's here taking a picture of herself. I am, because I'm so vain. Yes. I really think this song is about me. I'm that vain. Okay. We don't have to worry about copyrights and strikes, at least. Because I am vain. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the copyright strike, because they will think it was the actual artist for sure. That's what I meant. I'm not that good. I like to think I am. Yeah. Sometimes I think I am. You know, that falls in the I like to think I am category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so we're getting close to Christmas time. I don't it's have any Christmas stories. It's beginning to you know. look a lot like Christmas. Maybe next week. Figure if the next the next episode we record, I figure I'll Maybe. probably do some Christmas stuff. But. I did Christmas stuff not last year, the year before. Yeah, but I'll have to find something. Maybe heartwarming or treacherous. I did a Christmas one <laughs> where the whole family was killed. Like you, you do Christmas murders. There's a lot of those out there. Ooh, dun dun dun. Yeah. I cool. like Christmas murders. Not really. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. But, you know, I like murders. I mean, I don't. <laughs> oh, that sounded horrible. Save I that like. Just in case I ever need okay, it. Okay. No. I like. I don't care who hears this. I like. I think most women watch, like. Okay, maybe not most. But when we met, I used to sleep with. Forensic Files. First 24 hours, Forensic, forensic Files, files yep. and all those things. If they would have had snapped. Back then, when I was watching this stuff, I probably would have been watching that too. Snapped? It's about women who just one day snapped. Is. Oh, okay. So it's about it. women who killed their boyfriend or their husband or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Just one day, it, they just had enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Never watched the show. But I can guarantee I probably would have watched it and went, I understand your pain. <laughs> Pre me and you yeah, getting then, together, then I I'm came saying. along and now it's all good. I mean, I'm sure there would have been shows where I've been like, mm-hmm, I understand that, too. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yep. Anyway. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. No. I went from that to that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think you're first I, tonight. I'm sorry. So what do you got? Should I have went Frozen? Disney? No, 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 like, please no, please no. Let it go? Please no. You don't want me to continue singing? I... You know what I didn't grab was my cheater, so everybody needs to bear with me. Oh, this is going to be fun. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) I'll be doing a lot of this squinting, pulling my paper back and forth. Just pinch and zoom. What? (laughs) On the piece of paper. It doesn't work, huh? Can't just Uh, pinch and zoom? No, no. But at least I have my handy dandy desk lamp. Yeah. So it reminds me of Pixel. Pixar? Pixar. There we go. Desk lamps hopping. Mm. I've had a few drinks, about a half a, a half a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's all. And it was a big bottle because <laughs> you said, I bought you the big bottle. I felt you needed the bigger bottle. Yes. <laughs> I've had a week. Been a rough week. But doesn't mean I'm not in a good mood still. I just have my moments. So anyways, my first story actually comes from... Wisconsin, and it's a recent story. Ooh, recent. So I don't know if you've heard of this at all or not. Recent from Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm 
confused by about why someone would be scuba diving in November. Oh my gosh! I know in Wisconsin, in a lake. That in is Wisconsin. Not, not nice weather to scuba dive in. I'll tell you that right now. Well, it's beginning of August. We I did mean, have a warm. Things weren't frozen, obviously. We had but... a warm. So far, it's been warm, and this is a little yeah. bit southern. Yeah, I'm sure that it's not too bad. It's closer to Madison. Still going to be cold. So. Archaeologists in Wisconsin have recovered the oldest intact boat ever found in the state. A so, boat? Yep. It was actually a canoe. But okay. a dugout wooden canoe retrieved from Lake Mendota in Madison. Hmm. The people who made the 15-foot-long canoe about 800 CE. What the heck is CE? I don't know. If I had to guess... There is a slight difference between CE and AD, but they are very similar. But there's AD and BC. Yeah, I know. CE is going to be, I believe, similar to AD, but might actually start a few years earlier or Isn't later. It I don't AC? remember. AD is direct current DA. AC, AC, DC. DC. Yeah. No. Wow. Too much. Too much. <laughs> but I'm not positive. Acronyms. I'd have to look it up for. As far as it, CE. I think it might be have something to do with because it's 1,200 years ago. And I think it okay. might have been before Columbus ended up in America. CE, yeah. Columbus ended. But that. I'm just kidding. But that was like, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it doesn't really, the math doesn't really work out there. We're only talking a few hundred, you know, 600 years. Is that? 600 plus 800 is 12. Yeah. So 800 before Six, Columbus. 600 plus 800 is not 12, but we can go with that if you'd like <laughs> it's to. It's 14, but it was close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Anyways, we do know there were people here before Columbus. Yes. Well, Columbus <laughs> so maybe never, it was, was that. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Okay. So these were most likely the ancestors of the modern Ho-Chunk uh, nation. Okay. I see the signs for their casino when we drive through Wisconsin. Yes, <laughs> me too. Uh, this is extraordinarily rare, says Amy Rosenborough or Rosenborough, something like that. Okay. She's the archaeologist um, from the Wisconsin Historic Preservation Office. She said that we really don't have anything like this from Wisconsin. We have found pieces of dugouts before. In various lakes, but nothing like, or nothing, this intact. So this is like full intact canoe. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. um, and they even describe how they pulled it out of the lake and like took it out and it was crazy. Hmm. Um, so Tamara Thompson, Thompson, no P, a marine archaeologist first spotted the canoe while riding an underwater scooter. What's that? <laughs> I'm guessing it's like one of those things you hold on to that kind of propels you through the water, underwater. Like you see divers with them every once in a while. Oh, okay. But this was in June. So this was actually oh, discovered so, okay. then. Okay, well, it's warm then. That makes so sense. So after mistaking the object for a log, she investigated further and discovered that it was a canoe. Hmm. Um, she initially speculated that the boat was made by Boy Scouts in the 1950s. But when they removed a sliver of wood for carbon dating, they realized the true age of the vessel, uh, which was likely 
built by a group known as the, I was going to look this up, Effie Mound Builders. Mm. They do a little dendrochronology on that. Yes. So, um, and then Jim Scubo said that it looked like it had, or it was in such wonderful state of preservation that it was very suspicious but wood typically doesn't survive that long underwater like that. A guy with the last name of Scuba was involved in the scuba dive. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Well, not the scuba <laughs> well, dive. Involved but, in the, in the, in the Um, He says the boat most likely survived intact because it was constantly wet and shielded from sunlight at a depth of 27 feet. Okay. Um, currents had moved the vessel from its origi- original resting spot, so the archaeologists knew that it would only be a matter of time before, like, algae and other organisms destroyed it. Yeah, eventually, I'm sure. So they said that if it's not brought up when they first discovered it, it will disintegrate fairly rapidly. So everything went into high gear at that moment. Hmm. Um, cool. So a typical method for making a dugout canoe was to burn the inside of a tree trunk and use stone tools to remove the shard material. Um, so consider cutting down a tree. And back then, oh, as me easy. and you know, I mean, we went to the last 40, trees were big. There were some big. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're talking about a tree big enough to carve out a canoe. Like, we're not talking a small tree. No, no, not at all. Um so consider cutting down a tree that's about two and a half feet wide mm-hmm. with a stone tool oh. and then hollowing it out, making it float. And then it must have taken a, like how many hours, like lots of mm-hmm. hours and a great amount of uh, skill to do that oh, on sure. top of it. Sure. Um, so archaeolo- archaeologists also found net sinkers. And for people who don't know what those are, um, it's also like a fish sinker, fish line sinker. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but used but to it was sink rocks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So they notch stones used to drag fishing nets down on the boat or on board the canoe, so you could find mm-hmm. where the stones would go or the nets would go. Um, they say the discovery could offer new insight into the fishing mes- methods and lifestyle of the. FG, I'm gonna feel awful for this um, mound builders. I'm not. I learned Minnesota history. Yeah, we I did not learn not Wisconsin. Wisconsin history. So that Wisconsin is not one of the tribes Native I learned American about. Tribes are not something we know. About. In the article, it does talk about this tribe. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I'm sure. Like this, they this had no. They had animal. Like they lived in huts mm-hmm. that looked like an, shapes of animals. Really. And that's cool. we came along and destroyed well, I'm sure most of what this was. What like, we do. But it just sounded amazing. I'm like, but so you could read about that mm. in here too, um, about the tribe in this. And it was just like mind boggling. Uh, but over the next two years, the canoe will undergo a series of preservation treatments. Eventually, experts hope to display it at a, a plained Wisconsin historical society museum Mm. i can't even talk so i thought that was interesting that is really cool so i actually i should have gave you those at the beginning but pictures they they even talk about in this article about how they pulled it up Mm -hmm. 
like it took a while because they removed the mud around it very carefully. Then they used little balloon inflators to like lightly prop it out of the mud. This thing is really long. I wonder how many people like would ride in a canoe. Enough because I, I, in my head, and this is because of like relatives, like we have native people in my mm-hmm. family and yeah. you've met yeah so harvesting wild rice mm-hmm. i think about stuff like that i don't know if they did that on this lake yeah but you know they fished oh, yeah. and everything else so in my head i'm going you need it something big enough keep fish from flopping mm-hmm. out you need it big enough if they are harvesting wild rice carry the rice yeah. carry the rice and all that fun stuff yeah so you know it wasn't a little boat so you had one person in the back one person in the front, at least if it's rice, you know there's going to be how many people in the middle with yep. their little chucks just yep. kind of going at it. Yep. But if it's fish, you maybe need two people for the net. Yeah. Maybe three, depending on how big their nets were. Yep. So That is really cool. I thought that was kind of cool. A little bit of history, current history, because mm-hmm. it's something we just discovered and fun. Yeah, that is cool. Cool, cool, cool. So definitely go check out the pictures of the canoe. Definitely. It looks like a hollowed out log, but you could see how it was a canoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely tell that it was a canoe. So my first story, I've been coming with a lot dun, of... Dun, dun, dun. I've been coming with a lot of unsolved mysteries for my first story lately. Mm-hmm. This one's an unsolved mystery, but I think in my lifetime it probably will be solved, but I may never know about it. You have glitter all over you. I have no idea how. <laughs> it was those ornaments I put outside Probably. Today. Probably. It's on me, but it's on your face, too. Oh. You're glittery. Anyway. Just to brighten up the unsolved mystery. Anyway. Have <laughs> have you ever heard of, and this could be, yes, it's definitely been around the news for the last few years. Have you ever heard of Havana Syndrome? Like Cabana Hannah, Cabana Boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Havana. 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 Savannah. Havana. Havana syndrome. Havana. Yes. I take that as a no. (laughs) I'm trying to like figure this out in Latin because if you break the word down. It's named after the capital of Cuba, which is Havana. (laughs) Oh, is it like PTSD? No. Okay. Okay. The story starts 2015. 2015. (laughs) The United States opens their embassy for the first time since... The 60s in Havana, Cuba. This is not... This got to be bad because it's Cuba. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, don't say that. There's nothing wrong with Cuba. It's the leadership. Yeah. It right, was right. the leadership. Yeah. Leadership is... Well, the, the, the leadership I grew up with is dead. There we go. That's what I meant. Kids That's, now run the show. My so. brain <laughs> went to Cuba yeah. as a kid and the leadership and the stuff yep. we heard growing up. Anyway... 2015 we, open up, <laughs> 2015, we open up our embassies. Okay. 2016, people start getting sick. Okay. U.S. diplomats and CIA agents. So U.S. diplomats and spies start getting sick. That are in Cuba? That are in Cuba. They're so, stationed in, in Havana, Cuba. Wait, 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 before you continue. But Cuba is more like a tropical yeah. island. Yeah, and it's in the Caribbean. Yeah. So there could be bugs oh, yeah, from the tropics. So this could, could be, be a... Tr- okay. Okay. Keep going. So, um, 
most people who've had Havana syndrome talk about hearing a loud noise. They felt intense pressure or vibration in their head, dizziness, pain in their ear or head. Um, a lot of the symptoms um, are the same symptoms as reported with, with having a concussion. Ooh. Um, some people it's said... It's a parasite. Some people said the symptoms would literally stop when they left the room they were in and then would mm. start back up again when they rewalked in that room. Others... Weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, for most, symptoms go away almost right away. Others have experienced chronic insomnia, headaches, and even some brain damage. From that they some were people in have the reported. room too long. I'm confused. The room, what room? Yeah, it's wherever they were. Wherever, and most of these people, when they came down with these illnesses, were in their own homes, wherever they were living at the time, stationed in Cuba. So you're living in your house in Cuba. So in they Havana. were being slowly gassed that damaged their brain. It's possible. Um, so that was 2016. Kind of broke out. Okay. Since 2016, all over the world, there have been over 200 cases reported. Of Havana syndrome. All, almost all U.S. diplomats or CIA agents. There's been a few Canadian diplomats that have come down with it, but for the most part, it's been all U.S. diplomats stationed overseas in other countries. There was a big outbreak in it's Germany. Because they thought those Canadians were from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, 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 you betcha, yeah, yeah. It very well could be. Now, our government is very serious about trying to figure this out. Started with President Trump, launched a big investigation. Biden also like increased the funding for those investigations to try to figure out what's going on. Oh. Uh, Congress passed the Havana Act because, unfortunately, these people that came down with this thing, because they couldn't exactly pinpoint where it came from, their health care wasn't covered. So we had to pass a law in Honestly, Congress to cover the health care of these wait, people. These people are being covered, but half of our vets are not. Yeah, I know. I'm a little annoyed yeah. right there. But they are right there. These people are covered now because we passed what's called the Havana Act. I need to get into Congress for vets. Now, Rah. there's been multiple studies, and there's two main prevailing theories as what happened and what this is. Okay. Theory number one. It's a theory, though. It's a theory. A theory with evidence to back it up. Okay. Like, lots of evidence to back it up. What's they just the can't evidence, pinpoint though? it for sure. Okay. I wouldn't understand the evidence because I'm not a scientist. That I'd still would like to this. know. And there, I will have a link that will explain this a lot more okay, in detail than I go. can. Um, directed pulse microwave rays. Radiation. Yeah, basically a radiation. Okay, that and makes sense. The people who the the people who have come up with this theory, there's been a couple of studies that came out with this theory that this is what it is, also believe that it is intentional and it is a weapon being used by a foreign adversary. Most people are pointing towards Russia because Russia did oh a lot God. of experiments with microwaves Everybody's in the 50s. Everybody's blaming but Russia, but we're in no, Cuba. Yeah. Like, when Cuba's not smart enough to figure something like this out? Well, I mean, the whole Cuban missile crisis was Russia was sending nukes to Cuba. They've been friends for years. That could theoretically it could okay theoretically it could happen i don't know if that's the case no, i have I'm no not idea saying it's not the case i just find it funny that immediately russia's involved in it but it's like we're talking about cuba yeah. too well 
Another thing so is Cuba's not smart enough. Russia doesn't think you're smart enough to figure this yeah. out on your own. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, that is prevailing theory number one. And okay. many, many people believe this. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are really pro financing our military who this is a great excuse to pour more money to in, of course. Bomb them eventually Maybe. so we could take Maybe. over their cigars. The second prevailing theory with this just came out in the last two weeks. Okay. And it is catching steam. They, they did a stu- bunch of studies so on it. So li- it's got a little bit of logic it's behind got, it. Got a bunch it of logic a behind more sense. it. It's not real. <laughs> not that these people are not suffering symptoms. They are. <laughs> I love it. But it is completely neurological brought on by the stress of being a diplomat in a foreign country. And you and your brain knows that this Havana syndrome exists. The first few cases, who knows? Could have been anything. Culture shock. But oh, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with theory number two. The last two major people to report that this happened were in Vietnam. It was two days before uh, Vice President Harris was about to visit Vietnam, and they ended up canceling her, or they postponed her trip to Vietnam, because these two people came down with Havana Syndrome. Um, But like I said, they they can't pinpoint... I mean, maybe it is a real thing, and people have just had enough of Americans, and they're like... It very well could be. Blah, blah, blah. There are theories out there that this noise was actually Jamaican crickets in Cuba... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that were causing a noise I mean, at a frequency that was bo- that was causing neuro- neurological that issues. Jamaican crickets get over there. It could happen. I mean, We've had rats from Europe get over possible. the United States. It made me it think of when happen. I was reading it, it and, and part of it was talking about people thought it was maybe a sound weapon. It made me think of that sound you played earlier this week that we couldn't hear, but our kids could. Oh, that's just because the hair is in our ears. No, I know, but it made me think of that because it's... Another Although theory that's not 25. very prominent. Another theory that's not very prominent is that it's literally a weapon using sound waves on people. It didn't go very far, and most people have dis. No, because if you don't hear it, it's not going to affect you yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. Like your brain's not even gonna. No. no, no. So, this is my unsolved mystery. I think it'll be solved, but I don't know if I will ever know that if it was solved because we're talking about U.S. diplomats and CIA agents. We may never know, even if they did find out what the case was. We will never know, even if they do find out, just because it's oh, yeah. one of those things. Yes, yeah, but... One of those things. That was my first story. It was a good first story, but I'm going with theory number two, I, because... just It's studying, the most plausible theory. Well, it's I not think. even plausible, but going through psychology classes, it's amazing when you've got something in your head... Mm-hmm. How easy it is to think this is what I have, and the next thing you know, that's what you have yeah. because you have psychologically forced it upon yourself without even realizing you just did that. Mm. Yep. Very, very well. Now I can't even think of the name of it because it's been over 10 years. But it's like you have relatives who die at a such and such age, and. Next thing you know, you have, you're starting to have health conditions mm-hmm. and a heart problem yep. at this age because that's all you can focus on a mm-hmm. self fulfilled prophecy. Like you have yep. fulfilled the prophecy because you've just 
brought it there without realizing you mentally did it to yourself without realizing you mentally did it to yourself. That stuff happens. True story. The mind is powerful. Anyways, my next story is about P618. P618? Yeah, I went from psychology to back into psychology. Okay. (laughs) In psychology class, I learned about P618. Okay. What I have found is I think the teacher had some sort of a theory that he threw out and tried to make it real (laughs) because I never found what he said, but I stated it to our daughter. Okay. She the other day was talking about the color pink and how it's calming. Okay. And I said, weird. I found out about that, but there was one shade of pink I remember in, in class that we were talking about and the teacher had said, it's calming. They made mental institutions, jails with this color, hospitals with this color. Mm -hmm. And it calmed you at first, and then it made you crazy. Hmm. I found nothing backing that made you crazy at the end. Okay. So so I was like, I'm going to do a little research on this and bring it to the show. Mm -hmm. So, P618, Baker Miller Pink, or Drunken Pink. Drunken Pink. That's a good name for a color. What comes to your mind when you hear the word pink in itself? Like, what do you think of? Pink. I don't know. I don't Girls? I mean... Usually not boys. No. But it's pink. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think do not like... Pepto-Bismol. I do not like... That's the color of P618 hmm. is Pepto-Bismol. Really? Um, so the story of the Baker Miller pink begins in 1969... Uh, newly graduated in psychology from the University of New Mexico, Alexander G. Schoss? Schoss? Okay. Um, Schuhas? I don't know. Uh, comes across the work of Swiss psychotherapist Max Luscher. I'm probably related to him if he's a psychologist <laughs> from Switzerland. Um, anyways, <laughs> in his research... Color as an aid in psychology diagnosis, uh, he presented the Lucier color test, which aimed to establish someone's current emotional state based on the color preferences. So upon reading this theory, uh, Shuaz starts to wonder if our emotions can be visually and universally represented by colors. Could colors retrospectively influence our emotions Hmm. uh the following 10 years we'll see shuha's perform a series of research experiments on the influence of colors on human behaviors when i read that all i could think about was i don't know if color really affects me but i do know like we both know my favorite color is green Mm -hmm. but there have been instances where i feel my favorite color is like orange because i just happen to be in this a little bit more bubbly mood instead of okay and i feel a little bit more outside of my shell and happy type i I don't know how to explain it but orange is like my second favorite color Mm -hmm. but sometimes i feel it's more above the green 
But I don't really say that because everybody just knows my favorite color is green. See, so you've been making fun of me for 13 years now because I say I don't have a favorite color, and it's because it depends on the mood I'm in. Well, no, because green is really my, my favorite color. No, is. green is really my favorite color, but there are times where I feel like orange might be able to top that. Okay. Because I just, it's like my mood makes that. But it's not me looking at the color yeah. that makes it my favorite color or puts me in a specific mood. Mm. As far as I'm aware, it does not. I don't feel like it does. Yeah. I just feel when I get happier, I feel like, yeah, I might be more of an orange person today. Okay. <laughs> like, as weird as that sounds. Otherwise, I'd like to think of myself on the calmer side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the calmer side of green. It's more natural. Okay. Nature, mm -hmm. trees, grass. Yeah. Orange, fall leaves. It's still nature, but it just is. Roaring fire. <laughs> no. No. To not have a favorite color, though, Alan. I don't. Is I still continue to make fun of you because you can't even identify one. No. Or like, two. I like all colors. Ugh. It's like when I tell the kids. Mom, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is rainbow because pink is not in rainbow. I've always told my kids that. Yeah. You've heard me tell I've them that. I've heard you that. tell the kids that. Yeah. I love rainbow. It's my favorite color. <laughs> Just to kind of spot on my personality right there. Okay. So anyways, um, so Shaw's, Shaw's, whatever his last name is, wakes up one night with a thought. What if pink could reduce human aggress aggressivity? I can't even say okay. it. From this point on, his work focused on pink and its potential applications. So <laughs> after experimenting on hundreds of shades upon himself and other subjects, he identified a particular shade as the most effective in reducing hyper excitability hmm. uh okay. this shade he named p618 it's a horrible name but okay <laughs> <laughs> but to demonstrate his new theory he needs to needs an environment to test it so however the connotation of pink as a feminine color presents the difficulty to find a correctional facility to perform his planned experiments. This was until Commander Baker and Jean Miller, officer at the Naval Correctional Center in Seattle, came into the picture. Hmm. So after attending Shuaz's class on innovative treatments techniques and correctional research, and without his knowledge, Baker and Miller take the initiative of painting... Inch was pink, the interior of one administration cell. P618 becomes the Baker Miller pink. After 156 days of monitoring, they will find that 100% reduction of erratic and hostile behavior incidences since the redesign of the cell. <laughs> so following the initial result, additional research is performed at John Hopkins University. Mm. Uh which is the hospital in Baltimore. The experiment continues throughout the end of the 70s in 
a few other correctional facilities, youth probation centers, as well as psychological centers. Most facilities show a mix uh, to drastic reduction of aggressive (laughs) behavior due to the presence of the Baker Miller Pink. That's really interesting. At least these are the results that Shuas' 1985 article of the psychological effect of the color in suppression of human aggression research on the Baker Miller pink present. Uh, so indeed, the despite d- indeed despite these positive results, uh, many contemporaries of I said that wrong, but anyways of Schwartz highlight questionable or even inadequate methods of research and data recording practices and the existence of a conflicting result, the outcome of counter studies performed on by other researchers, researchers even contradict uh, Schuhas's results. And many will attempt to repeat the initial experiment results still to this day without success. Okay, so it could have just been a coincidence. It could have been a coincidence, but in this thing that I article I pulled up, um, they were talking about, um, well, I'm just going to read it. In spite of, um, the scientific community on the potential impact of colors on the human body and mind, these subjects are still explored in many domains like psychology or neuroscience Mm -hmm. so when you think of the color pink do you think of the color itself or are you influenced by a social construct um construct which dictates pink as a feminine and calm color um and then also if you think up until the 1930s so when these studies were done, you know, mm-hmm. people, some people were in living in the 30s or mm-hmm. had parents that were in that era and they mm-hmm. grew up not quite thinking about pink like me and you no, yeah, think about pink. Completely different. Pink was a color that was prevailed in male clothing mm-hmm. and was represented strength and power. Yeah. So it'd be like red as the power color yeah. now. That was pink back in mm-hmm. the day. So... Maybe it calmed them because they're in this powerful area. Maybe. And as a male, I'm not a male, so I don't know. But in my mind, this is what I think. As a male, you're in jail or you're in a mental institution mm-hmm. and you still, you're surrounded by this pink, but you feel powerful by it. Maybe. So it, it's, it's a feel good thing. It's possible. And not it's so also- much... I mean, obviously, I've never, I haven't read the studies, obviously, or looked too far into this, but things like this always make me caution against. If you, like, if I came up with an idea, let's say I came up with this idea that pink calms people, and I wanted to prove it. So I decided to work with a jail and we painted one of the cells pink. They painted the whole jail pink. Well, you, you, from the sounds of it, it was just one area. The jail. No. You said it was just one. Oh, wait, one, you one want area. a picture? I got pictures. Uh, I just, I'm just going off what you said earlier. It was one cell, one cell, they one started, administration area. No, that was that was the Navy. Okay, that's okay. They did like the holding cell or something if somebody needed to be contained for a little okay. bit. That was okay. the Navy. The jails did 
everything yeah. pink, right down to the bars. Yeah. But the one sale was the navy. Okay. Okay. I did say the naval. Like, uh, yeah, you did. I just wasn't. <laughs> I just and just looking at that doesn't mean like. I mean, I've toured jails before. That could be one block, and the rest of them look normal. I no, have no it idea. was the whole entire. I'm thing. just saying, like things like that. Like when you're talking about only one area being done, like was in the naval area. Who's administering? Who goes into that? It was like you know that's what a I'm like. Sell like uh uh, what's this solitary? Yeah, I'm ju- I'm just saying if if that was the cell if, that was if, if I have this idea and I know this buddy who has a place that we can paint and he'd like me to prove my idea too, he might put the least violent but people in the my people little room. people that were in these rooms had no idea. Well, I know the people didn't, but the people putting them in there did. No. That's what I'm guessing. Not necessarily. I'm the administration knew about Administration the knew. And that's who's putting them in but that then room. But then they hired somebody to paint this stuff. They're not going to have their Navy painting no, it. No, not who paints it. Who puts the person in there? That's what I'm saying. It would I'm be saying. the person that's being disorderly, and they're no, like, no, no, you no, need no. to go who, into the holding who cell. Who decides they, that this person goes into the holding cell is what I'm talking about. How many holding cells do you think they have on a Navy ship? Lots. For somebody who's being disorderly and needs to calm the bleep down. 30, at least. I wish my grandpa was alive still. <laughs> like, I would ask him this because he would know. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of stuff that makes me wonder. Like, who's making the decision? Who goes into what? And you may be like, you know what? I'm only going to put the least offensive people in the pink room. It could happen. I don't know. That's, you know, who knows? To me, I was thinking because they're about to start the what, study what up again. What makes me think about that is when you said that there were they've been multiple tried multiple times in multiple studies to repeat the results and haven't been able to. And that's after the fact, and it makes that's what makes me go. I think it's more of an environmental thing. Like this happened in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in the thirties or after the thirties, pink was no longer, but pre thirties, yeah. well. My grandpa was born in 1932, mm-hmm. and in the 70s, my parents were married. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But my grandpa was in the Navy mm-hmm. by the 50s, 60s. Yeah. Like he was probably still in the Navy when these maybe so, when yeah, these I, tests no, were totally going agree. on. So could- he grew up with. So I think it, it was like an environmental It could be thing. literally just a transition of what pink means in our minds today. That's kind of what, what I'm like thinking. Like, think of a mood ring. You look at a mood ring. That's kind of what's brought up in this article. You look at the mood ring on your finger and you look at the color chart. Well, the mood ring changes the color. You look at it and it says you're happy. Hmm. Are you really happy at that moment? No, your body just is sitting at a certain temperature, which changes the color of the ring. But do you think <laughs> like, you become bot? happy like oh look i'm happy or oh look i'm mad hmm like it's an environmental yeah. thing no i can understand that so yeah. to me it's not that somebody's sitting there going go in the pink room it'll calm you down it's a uh, you grew up with pink not being a gender-based color mm. it was men wore I mean, pink as are, a power thing literally there are jails in this country like uh, maricopa county arizona they put their male prisoners in pink, not to calm them down. It's literally to diminish the way, you know. They talk about that like, in there, too. They literally, that's, and that's their houses are pink. Nowadays, and it's not for that reason. It's for a completely opposite But that's opposite because reason. nowadays, pink 
is identified as a female. Yeah, no, that's color. exactly why they're doing it. It's almost like to but not even these people. not even a hundred years ago. No, I know that it was wasn't. it was an opposite case of that. It was the we, complete opposite. You case. did a story. It was so probably two years ago itself, sitting here. I'm not arguing with you. I'm like on no, the same side of what you're saying. I know. I'm just saying you did a story like two years like two years ago. You talked about how a hundred years ago we dressed girls in blue and boys in pink. It was what we did. But that that right there shows. I don't think it's the color itself that calms. I mean, maybe it calms you a little bit because I might think of pink fluffy unicorns dancing mm. on rainbows. But it's more or about cotton what, candy. What you think about correlates with that color. Exactly. And men, when you're sitting in this jail cell and you're thinking of, you're staring at this pink color, but you're thinking of pink as power, mm-hmm. it's a powerful thing, it might calm you because you're not feeling like you're in this black room where it's dark and dingy and depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bright and cheerful and powerful it's possible so that's where i see that coming from like it's an environmental thing it's about where time stands and they're about to do the study again i'm really curious to see how that turns out yeah but in psychology class i remember hearing how mental institutions had pink walls because they did it Mm -hmm. was for the same thing because this color was known to calm people but then eventually after 15, because it calms you after 15 minutes of staring at it. But then eventually you go crazy. And I, maybe I, in a mental institution that might have been the case. It might have been the case. It might also been the way we ran mental institutions back then <laughs> was driving well, people no, crazy. Well, no, it changed though too because they eventually painted, repainted walls. So yeah. it's the same mental institutions. So I don't know if it was just a mental institution thing or if this professor just happened to have said that, yeah, because he had heard it, because I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I researched it, mm-hmm. and I'm going. I know I learned this. I'm not making this up. I researched it. I didn't find a single yeah. thing showing that. Yeah. So that's why I started researching it. Yeah. Didn't find it. Cool, cool. That was a really interesting story. Well, your daughter brought that to the table. Without even realizing it. Hmm. So my next story is ripped right from the headlines. I don't think this made a lot of headlines, but... (laughs) Right from the headlines. Fresh off the press. From OregonLive.com. Oregon. Off their trending page. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Uh A friendly, if somewhat foul-mouthed crow (laughs) became a temporary mascot at Allendale Elementary School in November... Didn't I just talk about the crows and or was that the ravens? They could mimic. It was ravens that okay. you were talking about. Okay. Foul mouth? Foul mouth, yeah. Uh the it was crow a raven. showed up at our school one morning, said Naomi Immel, an education assistant at Allendale, um, when they interviewed interviewed her over the phone. Uh it began looking into classrooms, pecking on doors. At one point it made its way into the fifth grade cl- classroom where it helped itself to some snacks. <gasps> Um, the bird was not aggressive at all. It it was just hungry. And seemed to love the kids. It landed on people's heads. Funny. Um, Was it somebody's crow that got away? I don't know. Um, She did say that the bird could say, what's up? 
I can guarantee somebody lost their bird. I'm fine. And a lot of swear words. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a parrot. (laughs) Oh, it was probably a raven. They didn't realize any better. So um, because it was a wild animal and it wouldn't leave, the school did call animal control. Funny, yeah. Um, Animal control came out and decided that it was not their jurisdiction. (laughs) So then a wildlife officer from the state police came to the scene. The officer was able to feed him from his hand. They didn't want to net it because if they missed, they thought it would remember. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Seemed pretty smart to me. All the grades came out to witness the capture of the talkative crow. They were like, no, not my crow. The crow seemed to enjoy the attention, playfully chasing kids around the track. Um, They kept thinking it would fly away, but it didn't. That's hilarious. Uh, Ultimately, the wildlife trooper was unable to capture the crow, who spent the night of November 29th just outside of the school. Uh, Turns out talking crows aren't just something out of an Edgar Allan Poe poem. And this crow, and possibly uh, more in the line with Poe, uh, Raven knows at least 40 words. Wait, Edgar Allan, he talked about the raven. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They said Edgar Allan. Oh, and crow. then they said that. That's why I think it was a crow. Because well, of the story I did. Talked yeah. about a raven. Yeah. Um, his vocabulary had expanded quite a bit over the f- couple of weeks that the <laughs> they crow were was like, around Catch the me school. If you can. Um, I'm the gingerbread man. Eventually, um, a rescuer from animal control was able to eventually capture the crow. They brought the crow out into the woods and let it go, and it hasn't been seen since. I'm shocked it didn't come back. So like, they, they even like they kids. even you know they, they had the kids feeding the crows every morning. They I would have thought that was morning, cool. Giving them snacks and like the school didn't like the whole foul mouth portion of the crow. Obviously think, but. not, but you know the kids <laughs> were loving like <gasps> it just said that. S word. Did Especially you hear element- that? Thank- oh my gosh, it just said the F word. Well, thank goodness it was elementary kids and not high school kids because one of those idiots, one of those idiot kids would have like done something to the crow. No, you know one of those idiots would have said, I need that crow. <laughs> That's, yeah, they would have captured it. And they would have caught that crow. Yes. They would have. That's what would have happened. Yep. Yep. So. Well, on, I guess my stories are kind of mixing between mine and yours. Between animals and the color. So, my ne- next and last story is about rare bright pink grasshoppers that were discovered in Texas. Cool. This year. Cool. Well, no, I lied. This was February of 2020. So, last year. Last year. So, uh, Texas resident Allison Barger had an extremely rare visitor come to her garden. Uh, the striking critter was discovered by her three-year-old, Brooks. And I bet three years old, she's going to remember this, though. Yeah, probably. So Barger then sent a photo of the rose-hued uh, hopper to a local newspaper station. And while unusual... Uh, Barger Pink Visitor is not unique. Weird. Similarly, colorful incarnations of grasshoppers have been found in 
Wiltshire Farm in the UK, the Beltsfast Hills, also in the UK, and Gunma Prefecture in Japan. Hmm. Um, These look really weird. Along with other places. Well, obviously, it's a Pepto-Bismol grasshopper. It's nice and calming. (laughs) (laughs) So most grasshoppers come in murky shades of the brown and the green. Mm -hmm. I'm more used to green than brown. Yeah. Um, But we live in a grassy area. Green makes sense here. Brown would Mm -hmm. make sense in places that are browner. Uh, The colors may not be as distinctive or as eye-catching as pink, obviously. but are much better suited to blending into the long grass and shrubbery the insects call home. Hanging around a lot of flamingos, maybe. <laughs> flamingos eat shrimp to become pink, Alan. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you knew that. Um, but I knew that before you. Yes. So anyways, uh, so they are much better for escaping the clutches of hunger predators. So this rare genetic mutation called, uh, I'm going to slaughter this, urethrism, urethrism. Okay, sure. Um, can cause a select few to take on uh, a fuchsia hue, which that wasn't really fuchsia in my mind. Fuchsia no. is like a purplish yeah, pink. Yeah, definitely more of a pink. So in the animal kingdom, another is a bubblegum pink manta ray that's out there okay um in most cases it it is caused by a genetic uh defect (laughs) they kind of bring in redheads (laughs) to this yeah (laughs) whatever um (laughs) better watch yourself there i'm a little bit of a ginger snap yeah um there's been reports of bees, though, acquiring this after developed taste for the red dye number 40 tainted sugar syrup from a nearby, um, I'm going to say the cherry name right, wrong because I always do, maraschino cherry. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? You said that right. Woohoo! Years and years of practice and I still don't feel confident. <laughs> so this cherry factory... Bees have been getting it, and they're turning color because of the dye itself. Um, But that's not the grasshopper's case. However, some grasshoppers might turn that color because of something Mm -hmm. like that. I just made a pun. Because. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) not that funny today. Um, So environmental factors can cause this. However, the genetic mutation causing the production of excessive pigment which could be providing some sort of a camouflage advantage to living on red plants. Hmm. Not as likely in my mind. Um, So one explanation for their supposed rarity is the fact that it makes them easy easy targets for birds um, that we don't see them in their adulthood this color because we usually only see them as juvenile grasshoppers. And then they get eaten. Yep. Or they may grow out of... Grow out of the pink. The pink. Yeah, maybe. However, you may see an adult, but that would be an extremely rare yeah. thing to see a pink adult. Um, they're, the vast majority that are found are the nymphs, 
is the proper name. Hmm. So those are the juveniles. Yeah. Um, regardless, they are a rare, rare sight, even as a juvenile. And so if it's, it is a treat to see a grasshopper as be- beautiful as, as this. I can't even talk. So I hope to see a pink grasshopper that would be one cool day. To see. I may have to put some cherries outside. (laughs) Just kind of like make it happen. Yeah. So I can get a photo and make millions. That would be cool. That would be cool. It would be cool to make millions, but I have too many crows or ravens. (laughs) I swear it's a raven that's outside our house laughing at me all the time. Ha, ha. He's laughing at me. Anyway. Not anyway. Anyway. My last story. Dun, dun, dun. This don't bring it down, Alan. Is a scandal. Oh, great! It is a scandal. I'm denying. It is a beauty contest scandal. Call what? Beauty contest scandal. It has nothing to do with my warranty. No, it has nothing to do with your warranty. It okay. has to do with Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic al- cosmetic alterations to my butt to make it bigger. That people are doing to try to win. Saudi Arabia's popular camel festival. <laughs> Botox to a camel hump? Yeah, to a camel. To their face, most likely. Their face? Yes. There is a beauty contest Shut for the, the most beautiful door. camel in Saudi Arabia. Are they making them with big lips? No, I don't think so. They're just trying to make them look natural and not be all wrinkly at all. How are they making them look natural with Botox? I have no idea. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, The Camel Beauty Contest is the heart of the massive carnival that is held every year. I just can't. Like I should It's a camel. I shouldn't laugh. This is obviously another culture that I don't understand because I'm not here. And I'm sorry. I walk people. through a county fair every year and there's ribbons all over all the animals there. They do we do the same it's stuff natural here. Natural Botox is not <laughs> natural. But there's a lot of money, I guess, in having like the the prettiest camel of the year at this camel. But it's festival. a natural camel. Why are they injecting the Botox? I want to see a picture of a to win. Botox. Camel. No, I don't have a picture. Of course not, before. because nobody's going to admit they Botox their camel if it's a natural this beauty is, contest. This is a multi-million dollar in- no <laughs> industry. No shit. That's why they're shoving <laughs> Botox into these camels. It's not keep, natural. I cannot keep a straight face thinking about this. Like, I just, I read about it. And I'm like, I literally, the headline said nothing about camels and it was just beauty contest scandal. And I start looking into it and I'm like... They're talking about a camel beauty contest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just bothered by the fact that, I mean. It's not just Botox. Literally, they're having plastic surgery. I know, but it says natural. You said natural camel beauty contest. That's why this is a scandal. So does that mean our pedigree dogs here or wherever where they do the competitions yeah are they filled full botox maybe they are jesus maybe they are i mean the whole Let's point blow is that apart too why don't kicking we? people out of this contest if they were caught using why? those things obviously but okay a scam i get it because it's a big scam. that's crazy that is crazy yeah oh people 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 so coming from a family who has i have a sibling who participated in beauty contests I'm glad she's not a camel, I guess. (laughs) (sighs) She's never had Botox. No, she's never had Botox. Oh. 
Never had Botox. She was Miss Preteen Minnesota. Whatever. Back in the day. I mean, not whatever that she was. I mean, I'm still on the whatever Botox. I love her. <laughs> not talking about her. I've just, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I, if you want to put Botox in yourself, that's one. But thing. I guess when it comes to millions, people <sighs> if you're are trying to win, greedy. If you're trying to win some money, but it's natural. You got a good camel, but it's just got a little bit of a droopy Do eye. People <laughs> not understand <laughs> what like, natural means. Botox is not natural. No. Not natural at all. No. Not natural. But I'm sure not all camels are beautiful, and some need a little extra help. <laughs> <laughs> some just need a little extra love. Yeah. Get a new camel if you really want to win. What the bleep? What the bleep? My mind know. is just blown. Like, mind blown. If you have a camel, you need to send oh, us an email Lordy. and tell us. I want to know. No, so. <laughs> it's natural. That's just wrong. They don't need to send us an email. They get it. They agree with me. Okay. Well, send us an email anyway to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. And this has nothing to do with PETA or anything like that. Natural. Botox is not natural. No. That's all well, I'm I mean, saying. I guess everything's natural at one point or another. Really? P- injecting Botox into somebody is natural. I didn't say injecting it, but Botox itself <laughs> is a chemical that's made with other chemicals that were derived from the earth out of nature to create them. So, yeah. Not in a human body, though. Well, we're not talking about humans either. We're talking about camels. We're talking about natural <laughs> beauty contests. Maybe the maybe camels camel. use Botox, and you just really don't know are it. you defending this? No, it's I'm a not scam really it. because natural. Yeah, the definition in itself does not mean inject Botox. I agree. Okay, where were we? I don't remember what you said. You said something about if you want to blah, 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 you can restart our ending. Because I'm so pretty. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. I don't remember how I go from here, but we're going to go to Facebook. Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. You definitely leave a comment, like us, and share, share, share. We are also on Twitter at outlandishcasts. Our oddball out. Yes. Otherwise, uh, Instagram at Outlandish Outcast and definitely love and follow us there. Yes. Or leave a rating or review in whatever application you are listening to the show on right now. Mm-hmm. And I, it's got to be good because I'm funny. I am so clipping like... 15 minutes ago, you said, I'm just not funny today, and I'm going to take that little bit of recording. I'm kind of not. And I'm going to play it over and over and over. I get to be the funny one today because you're not funny. But overall, I am the funny one. So just remind Alan, I am the funny one. Most days. The majority of the days. This is like 99.9% of the time that I am funny. Okay. He just got this 0.1%. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. That was today because I... I'm not going to lie. I was a little off. Okay. Sometimes you have to admit these things. Yeah. Just being realistic. Anyway, <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.